the United States of America, home of the brave. A place that is filled with different cultures, diversity, beautiful scenery, a place I call home. But one thing many people may not know about the USA is the artisans, craftsmen, and women, photographers, musicians, creatives, makers of all sorts that come with this beautiful country. Many people tend to buy products from major online retailers that they forget about the make that is happening right here in America. From the Industrial Revolution and even prior to that time period, America has continued to build its economy through makers and there are thousands of them. America has makers that forge steel to make knives and axes, sew skirts, hats, and handbags with materials of all sorts, paint and capture visuals that are forever in your home and carried in your heart share stories through music and writings, make special treats and refreshing beverages, and much more. Join me through the journey through the lives of makers across our country to hear how they get down with their craft. I'm Kristen Vermeule, and this is Makers of the USA. Welcome back to the Becoming a Maker mini-series, presented by Skowhegan Savings Bank, where we explore the origin of a local Maine maker, what they love about their craft, and what they've learned. Skowhegan Savings encourages folks to get outside and explore the beautiful setting of our great state of Maine. Not only are they a sponsor of the series, but they host numerous events throughout Maine, like Make-A-Wish Trailblaze Challenge, which raised over $219,000 to grant the wishes of children in Maine with critical illnesses. Skowhegan Savings is excited to be a part of this episode episode that shares a story of a lady maker on the fly. We got to visit Mainfly Company, which is headquartered at the Sparhawk Mill in Yarmouth. Founder Jeff Davis started Mainfly Company to celebrate his late father's passion for fly fishing and Maine. Jeff was working a corporate gig prior to starting his own company. When his father passed, he stumbled upon his father's fly rod collection and something clicked. He started toying around with the idea of building rods, but not just any rod. A rod that is an art form. From the colorful blank to the custom grip to the finished reel seat, these rods are truly one of a kind. Made by hand in small batches, and many of his rods are inspired by and named after fisheries in Maine. Jeff left his corporate job and went full-time with Maine Fly Company, and as of two years ago, has started to build a team that aims to keep the state's fly fishing culture and heritage alive through high-quality craftsmanship of their small batch rods. One of Maine Fly Company's rodsmiths is Izzy Hutnack. She has been with Jeff's business for a short amount of time and has caught on to the craft of fly rod building quite quickly. She grew up fly fishing with her father and is quite the angler as she has traveled across Maine catching various types of fish. Izzy gave me and the rest of the Skowhegan Savings team a tour of the Maine Fly Company shop and showed us the process behind the craft of fly rod building. She even got some of us out on the water to practice our casting, which can be quite challenging when going about the fly fishing sport. During our interview, we chat about the rodsmith process, how it's like being a female rodsmith in a very male-dominated sport, and some tips on what new anglers should keep in mind when getting into fly fishing. Now, before we get into the episode, I wanted to give a special shout out to Taro Health, our co-sponsor of the Lady Makers on the Fly series. So how many of you have health insurance? I know many listeners are makers, small business owners, or just folks who enjoy listening to these fabulous stories. But y'all are busy. Are you taking care of yourself? 
your family, and getting the care you need. Terra Health is a new fully licensed health insurance company in Maine that provides free and unlimited visits with a direct primary care doctor who has the time to form a personal relationship with you. Getting an unrushed 45-minute appointment all for a $0 copay and access to a doctor through texting and phone calls between visits is the best care, I think. Growing up, I remember my primary care physician was practically family. They knew my name. They didn't treat me as a regular patient of theirs. They knew me and treated me with the best care. And that's what I want for my family and for myself. Terra Health can provide that. Individuals, families, and small businesses all qualify to sign up for Terra Health plans. You can find and choose Terra Health's health plans directly at tarohealth.com. That's T A R O Health.com or Maine's ACA Health Insurance Marketplace and CoverMe.gov. Now, let's talk craft with Izzy Hutnack, Rod Smith with Maine Fly Company. Hey guys, welcome to the Makers of the USA podcast. This is the main series and I'm sitting with Izzy from Maine Fly Company. So giving you some background on this series, um, this is about female fly fishing anglers and makers. And when I stumbled upon Izzy and her craft, I was just so excited. And I even got a little tour of the space today in the shop and it's right in a mill in Yarmouth. I think it's, I think it's called the Sparhawk Mill. And it's not too far away from where I live in Cumberland and it is a gorgeous day. Oh my gosh, you are very lucky to be in the job that you're in, Izzy. I know. <laughs> so why don't we get started? So what is your craft and what inspired you to start it? I am a rodsmith, so I build rods for Maine Fly Company and I definitely fell out of touch with the outdoor industry through my late teenage years and um, now that I've kind of settled down in Maine for a while and have a passion for fly fishing I really wanted to get back into that community so it was a great way to get started. So prior to this um, so by the way guys I think I know Izzy pretty darn well now because we went (laughs) on a fly fishing trip together up in Red River Camps. Um, So you studied nursing though right? I initially studied nursing, yes. Wow. I did not finish the degree yeah. amidst COVID. It scared me out of that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anybody would. I would. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, fell in love with teaching after that. And maybe the outdoor community will allow me to teach some way, somehow. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. That's awesome. How did you get so like passionate about outdoors? Did it start in a young age? Did your family get into it? Yeah. So my parents are from Massachusetts. And when they got married, they actually moved to Maine for the outdoors. My dad moved Mm -hmm. to Maine for the fly fishing. So ever since I was an actual infant, we were camping remotely just to get to the best rivers and fishing wherever we could. And so he's totally instilled that in me. That's awesome. Now he taught you how to fly fish. Yes. All right. So what were some tips that he gave you when you first, because I, I need to learn this because I, I'm so new to this and I just went fly fishing yesterday and I'm like, God, I'm like, I get so frustrated. Like, did you go through those moments when you first got into fly fishing? Totally. And my, I think I'm very similar to my dad in that I am extremely stubborn. And so there wasn't a lot of coaching involved in my early years. It was just, hey, Izzy, patience is key <laughs> over and over again. Patience is key. Oh my God, and, that would drive me up the wall. Well, it was better than move your arm like this oh, or that's set true. the hook like this. That's true. And so I just learned from watching him and knowing that I needed to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> and just say, here, fishy, fishy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I do say that a lot. I, know. I love it. <laughs> no. 
So going like, and then also, I think you told me too that didn't your parents name you guys after River? Like, like uh, your middle names, right? Is your middle names? Yes, after rivers here in Maine. Yes. Right? So yeah, I'm not. This. I'm not going to lie. I'm the oldest, yeah. and my dad lost the battle when I was born. I say that I am technically Isabel Machias, but I am also grateful enough to actually have the middle name Mian, which is my mother's maiden name. Oh, beautiful. Um, but my other two siblings, their middle name is actually, are actually bodies of water in Maine where my dad has caught his largest fish. So oh my, my sister is Abigail Eddington and my brother is Matthew McGalloway. I love that. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah, so like your really family cool. is so into the whole fly fishing scene. Let's like walk through the process. Like how the heck do you build a fly rod? I would love to know just sort of the beginning to end. I know there's some secrets that you can't tell me, which I totally understand, um, but would just love to learn from a broad perspective of what that entails. Sure. We have our stations in the studio room, um, which overlook the river, and that's where we're going to be taking the blanks, gluing on the real seats and the handles and Right there, I'm looking over the river, so you can just imagine the calm presence that I have while doing this. Um, And from there, um, those guides that I talked about, those eyelets, we're going to use a Dremel to sort of build this ramp so that when we wrap the thread on, that the thread just builds up and there's not like a harsh line between the blank and the guide, if that makes sense. Um, After that, you're going to wrap all your guides on with whatever color thread your customer wants. Um, And when all of those are wrapped on, the whole rod gets moved to the clean room where the rods will get two coats of epoxy that each spin for eight hours. Your first coat of epoxy is going to be just a clean cover the thread, um, spin for eight hours. Second coat, it's going to be where the beauty happens and you make like bulbous, glossy covering your thread. Um, beautiful yeah process. I yeah. love seeing that piece yeah it's always nice when you come in the day after that and you can just I know take them off them brand them and <laughs> exactly get ready to sell them yeah. now you when somebody names them when you do like custom rods do you typically like do you paint that on we use like a yeah paint pen almost oh my gosh yeah I feel like that'd be really hard Especially it's if you had the most frustrating part of the job. Well, yeah. And so Jeff doesn't like his handwriting. <laughs> oh, so here I come, this girl with nice handwriting, and I have to do it with all the rods. But if you ever come in and have me write something on a rod, just know that it was wiped off and redone 50 plus times. <laughs> Makes me sweat. Your handwriting is awesome, by the way, <laughs> because I see your rod and how, like, you know, the handwriting behind it. I was like, oh, my gosh, the typography and this is amazing. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, so when you got into this role, cause you've only been here for how many months? A now? few months. Yeah. Now. So you're like very mid-summer. new. Very new. Yeah. I mean, how did you even discover Mainfly Company? So in my transition period from my last job, I was commuting through North Yarmouth to a nanny job and I would pass the Mainfly Company truck most days. <laughs> so I started following them on Instagram. I actually wasn't even familiar with them yet. Oh, wow. And sooner than later... Jeff had posted that they were hiring and I was in here the next day interviewing and I was in here the day after that building a fly rod. So it happened really wow, fast and that's amazing. I've been super happy. Yeah. And so did Jeff teach you how to do this? I'm assuming, right? You probably didn't want to teach yourself because yeah. it probably take a little long. <laughs> no, no. Jeff, Jeff um, does all the teaching and does a wonderful job because, I mean, he probably spent an hour, two hours with me and then set me on my own to build my first fly rod, which is 
the ugliest rod you've ever seen, but it's fishable. Um, and they've just gotten better from there. And you also got a chance to build your own rod, right? Um, I know you mentioned you know, your first rod, but you yep. got to build your own because yeah. you've seen it. A What's nice the name of it again? Wicked Pissa. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice fall rod for... We had a bunch of... We have one more trip, but we've had a few trips that we've been on this fall. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And what kind of rod is it? It is a eight-foot, six-weight, our Carabasset rod. So it's that Carolina blue, and then I customize it with um, some bright orange tiger thread. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Is orange your favorite color? No, absolutely not. Really? <laughs> but the tiger thread <laughs> looks cool. I despise orange most of the time. <laughs> so why that rod? Is it t- typically where you go and fish? Is like... The type of rod really correlated with the type of fish that you're catching and like where you're going. Like I'm new to this, so I would love to learn more about it. (laughs) Yeah, I built that rod, honestly, because it's a pretty rod and it was going to do the trick for most of our trips this fall. But I would say for like a universal trout rod, you're going to you're going to want a nine foot five weight, maybe six weight. Um, I was just talking with Amy from Capshore earlier this oh, week really? about yes, designing a rod and <laughs> that's um, awesome. Yeah, that I told her that's like the universal. Start with it. Yeah, yeah, that's and awesome. always use it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because I know I was talking to Bree, who is also a part of the series, and we're going to striper fishing, and she was like. Uh, yeah, you probably want a weight that's a little bit, you know, higher, oh, yeah. right? Because I guess it is the size of the fish, right? So yeah, it's. It, I don't want the rod to snap. God forbid. Jeez, that would suck. <laughs> Especially not a main no, fly no. company. Yeah, rod. <laughs> you you want an eight weight. You want yeah. an eight weight, maybe nine weight for your striper. So what have you been fishing um, this past season? Like what have you? What is kind of your go to place you go to? Yeah. So I was telling you that my family spent a lot of time growing up on rivers and trout fishing and over the years living in Cumberland being closer to the ocean Mm -hmm. we um we bought a little rustic cabin on Mosier Island so we spend a lot of time out in Casco Bay um which means a lot of striper on the fly during the summer months um last week I was down in the Cape fishing for false albi they look like Mm. little tuna they're in the tuna family wow um yeah and now oh gosh Tomorrow's the last day of I know. <laughs> the, I know. most of the rivers being open. So like <laughs> as soon as I was getting into fly fishing, I'm like, damn, this sucks. Like, why now? Like it's like the end of the I know. season. But the fall is only exciting for a minute and then it's over. I know. Well then looking forward to spring, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about Main Fly Company. So I know that their shop is here in Yarmouth. They're right on the Royal River, which is amazing. Great spot to go and just really test out these rods and everything. But, you know, what are some other, you know, things we should know about, you know, Mainfly Company? Jeff always worked corporate. Um, and when he lost his dad, who was also an avid angler, um, it suddenly became a passion of his. I'm sure, you know, he felt his dad when he was fishing and from there started building rods. He wasn't sure where it was going to go. Um, and Mainfly was a basement company up until this past spring. Um, so now we're here and it's our own little paradise in here, building rods, looking over the river, yeah. breaks are on the river, catching fish. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's how it started. That's amazing. And it seems like I know there's like a inventory, like a regular inventory of just a collection of rods that Mainfly Company has, but there's also a custom option. 
Um, have there been any unique custom rods that you've built or maybe you've heard from Jeff that he's built that has like a sort of story in connection with it? I recently built a striper rod, um, one of our Casco Bay eight weights for a man who spends a lot of time up on Cranberry Island, I believe, um, in the Bar Harbor area. And he, he had all these crazy colors going on between the blue rod and he wanted two different color pinks to resemble the beach rose and this black and white tiger thread to resemble the crushed shells. Wow. I mean, there's definitely a story behind the scene he wanted to paint with the rod. Yeah. Um, I know people have reached out before when they're taking like barn doors or stuff apart to try to make a real seat or a handle with what? a nice piece of old wood that was part of their house. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, I think people definitely try to get creative with it. And yeah. we certainly always try to meet their needs and right. wants and needs. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, when you are going through the fly rod building process, do you find it challenging or do you find it meditative? I'm always curious, especially if it's something new that you're getting into. Totally meditative. Really? It's totally mindless work. I'm either chatting with coworkers in here or have my AirPods popped in. It's, yeah. Or singing along to whatever jams we have going on. <laughs> totally mindless work. I The day passes in a second. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's the craft I should get into next. <laughs> Even I though feel I like love that's telling just crafting in general. I know. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah. But this is such a, a, a unique craft because I never thought about like folks building fly rods. I mean, I've seen online there's like bamboo fly rods being built and like it's just obnoxious. And so what is sort of the one piece of advice you would give to a new like fly angler. I'm always going to go back to what my dad said about being patient and just getting out there because there's something to be said for just getting out on the water, especially yeah. as a woman, because exactly. I know that that can be nerve wracking. Yeah. Which leads me into your next question. I'm so <laughs> happy that you mentioned this. So women fly fishing. I mean, gosh, when I learned about the sport, I just thought it was like a grandpa sport, like, you know, just guys in their ha like little tent hats <laughs> on the water doing their thing. But in meeting you and meeting all these other great women that are into it, you know, why, why encourage women to get into this sport? For me, I, I, it's just where I feel my best truly. And I leave the river feeling better than I did when I stepped out into it. But I mean, I go up to Rangeley. Middle Dam is one of my favorite places on the rapid. If there are five men in the water around me, I'm nervous still. Like, I, you know, I, I understand it for a new woman angler. It's always been known as this, yeah, older man, grandfather, right. maybe even like a rich guy sport. <laughs> and it's not. I just encourage. I'm always trying to bring other women out there with me. Um, yeah. Let's make it different. Get out there. <laughs> yes, get out there. And even like guys that come in here when they see you building a fly rod, what is that reaction that you're getting? I'm definitely talked down to sometimes and I have to work really hard to make sure that they understand that I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that sucks sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the time it's they're surprised and they ask me questions very basic questions about fishing and yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that you know 
know your stuff and that's great. Yeah. And they should but feel But I have to prove that. Yes. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So like, what is sort of some of the questions somebody comes in here with, like when they want to understand like the rod or the process or anything of that nature? When they want to understand the rod, they're always going to want to feel it themselves. Um, yeah. They'll put all the blanks together and sort of wiggle it around <laughs> for a second to see what that like reflex is like when yeah. it comes back up and how quickly it stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you come in, you know that you're welcome to just kind of walk around. And if Jeff's working with a customer and I'm building rods, people are welcome to sit and watch for a minute. And Jeff loves to give tours. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And then when it comes to you being a fly rod builder, what is like one word that can describe your feelings towards being a fly rod builder? I guess I would just say it's a passion of mine now. Um, I have always loved fly fishing and now to be part of the entire process and bring other people into that because of what I do, it's a passion. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that being out in the water with you because you, you want to get out there, see the fish. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. I was in the canoe with Izzy and I was so frustrated because I could not cast for the life of me. <laughs> And um, a canoe is a bad place to learn. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did it <laughs> for yesterday the record. too. And I was like, oh, no, this is not good. I can't do this. Um, but what was interesting is that you get very excited. Like even when you see like a rise or like, you know, a sound or just like anything. And I'm like, what? What's going on? I'm like, wow, you really have to be observant. And it's just like, wow. Like, would do you think, I don't know. If you, the skills that you have obtained in fly fishing, do you use it towards your crafting process at all with the fly rods? I don't think so. Really? But so, Well, again, patience. <laughs> and if I've got wraps coming undone or my epoxy gets on the blank, I guess just taking a breath and being patient. But besides that, no. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Like, patience is like the key theme. Yeah, I'm always going to go back to that. Yes. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Would you encourage other women to build fly rods? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I've, you know, Jeff's talked about having fly tying nights here, but bringing Mm. women in to build their own rod for a night would just be so epic. Yeah. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Do you tie your own flies too? I know how to tie flies. I would like to get into it more than I do. My dad ties all of his own flies. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I feel like I could do it. Totally. I feel like, because I'm a sailor, and I feel like maybe that could help in some way. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> if not. You can, I don't know. I actually found a similarity just having a spool here with mm. the thread and wrapping it on. There's a similarity between building a fly rod and tying your own flies. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, totally. That's really interesting. Wow. That's good. There's a common... Maybe <laughs> you guys will eventually you know, tie your own flies here. You never yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. That'd be Go cool. beyond even just the fly rod building. You never know. But... So the last question I'm going to close us off with is, you know, why Maine? Like, why go and craft these rods here in Maine? Why have Maine Fly Company? I mean, I know Maine's in the the name. That's cool and everything. But, like, why? Like, why have it here? Well, I grew up here. I loved my childhood. I left the state for maybe six months my freshman year of college. Um There's just something to be said about Maine people. And so coming back here to not only work in my state, but for a small business in my local community just means everything, I think. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time.
Um, I'm very excited for you guys, and I can't wait to see where you guys go. So thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for tuning in to the Makers of the USA Becoming a Maker miniseries presented by Skowhegan Savings Bank. And thank you to Izzy Hutnack for being a part of the series. If you'd like to learn more about Mainfly Company and Izzy, I will link their website and social media handles in the notes section of the podcast. Also, please follow the Makers of the USA on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to see visuals of these wonderful makers that are a part of this series. If you have enjoyed this podcast series thus far, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Thank you all again and stay safe and healthy.